This is Meet the Movie Press. It's September 2019, uh, 20, September 20th, 2019. Uh, my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me on social media at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. With me is Dimitri Panos. Dimitri, who are you? Hey, movie fans. Uh, Where can we find you? Right here on uh, Popcorn Talks, uh, Meet the Movie Press, and also the re, uh, the, the the rejuvenated anatomy of a movie is back. Scott Menzel, who are you? Where can we find you? Hi there. Uh, gr- glad to be back. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. Go over to WeLiveEntertainment.com. Uh, lots to talk about on the show this week. Uh, we took a rest last week, which was uh, well-deserved, yes. so uh, much appreciated. Uh, let's talk about um, MoviePass, first of all, this week. Uh, MoviePass died. R.I.P. Uh, MoviePass might be coming back. WTF. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, MoviePass won't stay dead. Um, I'm, I'm, there are so many models like this that have kind of gone by the wayside in the last 18 months. Uh, there's MoviePass. Uh, there was uh, Cinemia, Cinemia mm-hmm. which also died. And yet AMC and Regal have their own programs which are thriving. And Cinema as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is MoviePass doing wrong that the others are doing right. It's, it's not that they're doing anything wrong. Right. It's just that they haven't built a brand loyalty. You know, they started out pretty strong, but what happened was they kind of fucked people. Um, you don't think so? No. Well, no. I, I don't, yes and no. Um, because I, I worked for them. Yeah. And when I was there, it was, it was well-intentioned. Yeah. And in fact... It was all about making nicey-nice with the exhibitor. Mm. Exhibitors had tried this prior, uh, uh, Marcus being one of them. AMC had tried, uh, but but the irony of it all is AMC was MoviePass's pilot um, theater chain. Right. And it was very hard to get the technology which MoviePass had, so... For with the time that I was there, we were making goodwill with the exhibitor. We were, you know, we had... We had a white paper report that basically said subscription will help boost attendance and it will get people to see a variety of movies, not just one movie. Yeah. And it was working. It was when this gentleman, Farnsworth, um, and and uh, the other man who started Netflix and Redbox, Mitch Lowe, mm. came in and they didn't give a crap about the exhibitor. In fact, they went to war. With the exhibitor. Mm. And the exhibitor basically was like, well, F you. We, we don't need you. Yeah. Cinemark was the first on the scene state-wise to do, to do their subscription program. And then AMC was working hard to do theirs. So when you have a brand loyalty to a theater chain, that's fine. MoviePass, once Mitch Lowe took over... It just went... They made the wrong decisions. They were more about subscribership. Yeah. And if you remember, too, when they hit the million, they took that famous picture, I believe it was Mitch Lowe and Farnsworth, Mm. in front of an AMC theater, because AMC more or less said, F you, um, we'll take your money. Yeah. and that picture has not aged well. See, I don't think the average cinema-goer actually has a a brand loyalty. I think it's more of a convenience. Uh, Convenience and showtimes seems to be something that when I talk to people outside of the bubble... Uh, that will always dictate where they go. Uh, Scott? I also just think that the way that MoviePass handled everything, you know, from a consumer point of view... um, Well, they they didn't handle anything, which is the problem. Which which, which is the problem, but, like, when 
when they started out, I had Movie Pass from the very beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was like I think it was like twenty four ninety five, which was that that spot that was very similar mm-hmm. to that uh, blockbuster thing that they had way back in the day with the swap out the rentals. And I remember when I had that, how happy I was with the service because I felt like it was a good price point and it had the availability of all these movies. Yeah. And then what happened was the company seemed like it got greedy. They mm-hmm. wanted more and more, and they weren't getting the type of numbers that they wanted. Yeah. So then they did that ridiculous promo. For nine ninety nine, and then even, you know, not knowing the business model, said, "How are they making money off this? This yeah. seems ridiculous because it doesn't even cover one movie ticket." And therefore, all the sales got boosted after they did that promotion. I remember everyone and their brother had movie pass at that mm. point, and then. When that, they realized that they weren't making money off that, then they tried to, like, do these selective showtimes and these movies, and, like, you only could see, like, one or two movies that were out, Mm. and they were only playing at certain theaters, and there was only certain showtimes. The whole thing just, like... Was a cluster. I mean, I I subscribed when it became the nine ninety nine thing. That's right. when I got on board. And I'll be honest with you, even though I probably used it six times a year, yeah, I still paid my ten dollars a month. Right. I would gladly do that because a couple of times a year I would get a fifteen dollar ticket, yeah. and I had it in my wallet and I could use it if I needed to. And the the show times were convenient. And as soon as it stopped being convenient, and I realised that actually the movies that I might want to see with Movie Pass simply weren't available, right. there was absolutely no point in me having the convenience of a movie pass. Right. And I think that's where they really kind of faltered. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, again, because I was working on the exhibitor side, what yeah. a lot of people don't know is we were making deals with the exhibitors, mm. okay? Where we were we were going to, we were working out, like, buying group tickets and, 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 and the such. So... Every theater chain has a group sales line, and if you buy so many tickets, you get a discounted rate. You can buy your tickets at Costco. So we were looking to try to do things like that. And at the same time, we're also working with uh, point of sales, uh, ticketing, so that we can go straight into a company's ticketing so they can pick their seat on the phone. Like they, they, Mm. They were going places. I mean, I had six exhibitors in queue for us to just get on board and people were buying into it because they didn't have the technology to do it themselves mm. once they once then it came to the 999 that's the Mitch Lowe era he got rid of everybody 999 comes right. in so it's is the is the main problem by the fact that they were working from an exhibitor point of view and not a customer point of view they well that's they were and when I was there, we were working for both because we wanted people to get this value. Because you you said twenty four ninety nine, we had a tiered system too. Because yeah. twenty four ninety nine only got you two D, but if you wanted IMAX or three D, it was like thirty thirty five dollars yeah. a month. And we got people do you know doing that. Movie Pass knew going in that this is going to be a buffet mm. kind of thing. You were going to have your overeaters. But otherwise, there are people who weren't going to overeat. Yeah. It just needed more time to develop. But once Mitch Lowe and this Richard Farnsworth gentleman, or I forget his first name, Farnsworth gentleman came in, they just said, F the exhibitor. They yeah. didn't care. And all they cared about was bringing up the subscribership. And once they said, F the exhibitor, the exhibitor said, well, 
F you. Well, of course, we're not going to make a deal with you, yeah. but we will take the full price on the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. At your $9.99. You're devaluing the ticket, but we're more than happy to pay. We're more than happy to take your 20 bucks for when you go to IMAX. And that was the beginning of the end for that. A lot of people in the chat having thoughts on this. Um, thank you for, for being part of the show. Jack Dennis, RIP Movie Pass. Uh, I got a lot out of it. Uh, Lick my love pump. Movie Pass was a great idea on paper. It's just that the execution didn't play like the paper. Uh, Glamoury. Uh, I like AMC A list. Uh, Jack Dennis, without Movie Pass, there is no AMC A list. Uh, uh, Zeno Hour, I give Movie Pass this. It disrupted the business and forced theatres to create similar yeah. and better services. I, I think that's actually a really good point because I think a lot of a lot of the chains kind of took the customers for granted, and I certainly get um, a, a lot more emails from the chains that I go to um, to to ask me to uh, to incentivize my visits, to upgrading uh, concessions, or you know, getting first dibs on tickets or free mm-hmm. free tickets, yeah. which I. I had never got previously. No. So I think it has kind of given them the kick up the arse that they actually needed to kind of, you know, it, make that marketplace a bit more competitive. It did. It, it, it opened up this door. But the other thing, too, that, that one thing that, that a lot of people don't know is that what we were also doing for the exhibitor is, is providing analytics. Yeah. MoviePass had a logarithm, and, and now AMC can, too. But mm. what AMC can't do is if somebody goes to a Cinemark theater, AMC has no idea. MoviePass knew exactly what theater, what time, what day you went to. Yeah. And they would know if you went to another theater. And we could pretty much figure out why you went to that other theater, even though this theater A was closer to you. Mm. So we had a wealth of knowledge that, from a marketing standpoint, the exhibitor would love to have. You know, we could even pinpoint it down to people drove an extra five miles because the theater had a lounge and it was $5 beer night. That's why they went over there instead of going to the theater that's closest to them. Yeah, This kind of marketing for a theater, for, for an exhibitor, when they can go, oh, well, we noticed you went to a horror movie over there. How come you didn't come to us? Well, we have an Annabelle movie or a Conjuring. Here, get a discount on popcorn. Come and see Conjuring over here. Mm. So MoviePass was a data analytics company as well. And that wasn't being sold enough once Mitch Lowe took over when we were there like we could exact we we could get into a theater chain's uh loyalty program and we could see how loyal that customer really you see it's, it's really interesting that analytics side of things because I, I think if a lot of people knew that that was going on they'd be even more leery. they'd be even more disinclined <laughs> to be part of the program oh, yeah. because in this day and age people hate mm. their data being used in that way and sold in that way yeah, but again, if you're if you're thinking that a list or Cinemark or mm. Regal, um, whatever whoever's doing what, like anytime you sign up for a loyalty program, yeah. you know exactly how many times you're going to the theater. I, I want to you know. say, as someone who has every who who at one point had every single one of these services. Oh, you had Cinemark too. I, yes, I had that one. <laughs> I have uh, I had AMC uh, Stubs or whatever it is, and now I have Regal, mm. and I will say that Regal is by far the best. Regal has no blackout periods whatsoever. So right. I was at Rambo last night, mm-hmm. and if I wanted to see Ad Astra right afterwards, I could have. You can see multiple movies on the same day. No other one gives you that. You option. AMC can. 
Ain't but it only gives you three a week. You literally right. can go every day, and if I want to live in the movie theater for right. every single day, right. I can go see every yeah. single movie like over and over again. You see, I, I think that's actually. I know you're going to get sort of you know the, the people who will overeat on these kind of things. Yeah, of course. But those people who will overeat on the movies have to eat and drink. Right. And it's concessions to this day yes. that movie theatres make their largest margins on. Uh, you're right, and I'm so glad you brought that so up. So if you can keep them in the theatre for well, eight hours, they're going to have two lots of meals, they're going to have two or three sodas, and your margins are going to be fucking huge. That's, yep. That was part of our analytics. Yeah. Because when, a, when the person who had movie pass came up to the box office, mm. they weren't reaching into their wallet. So they were more inclined. If, if they were a concession buyer, and we could figure that out, if they were a concession buyer mm. with MoviePass, they were more inclined to do the upgrade. If they weren't a concession buyer, they were more inclined with MoviePass because they didn't spend anything up front yeah. Yeah. to go up to the concession and buy popcorn, Twizzlers, and Coke. That was one of the sells to the exhibitors, is to say, we're not only going to get people... It, the, the cool thing about MoviePass, too, is it was you can only see a movie once. Mm. So... The Star Wars fan can only use Movie Pass once in Star Wars. If they wanted to go back, they'd have to go see another movie, right? Mm. It made people see other movies other than the tent poles because they had it. Yeah, that is true. So, you know, but it's like a gym membership. People really, really go a lot. Some people overuse it, and then other people don't. That's what Movie Pass was hoping. But a lot of people love going to the movies. I yeah. think you're in the wrong room for gym membership. Yeah, I don't, yeah. love that. I think, love that. I think just a little look at all of us. <laughs> Realise we're not the gym membership kind of guys. Not even to subscribe and not use it. It's just like, a, a what? A what? Uh, okay, let's talk uh, in the chat. Uh, Jody, since movies are on digital six weeks after hitting theatres and a few weeks later on DVD, why should I go to the movies uh, in less than three months? Uh, I can watch it at home. I mean, a lot of people are actually taking that point of view. Uh, Zeno Hour, uh, my Swiss bank account doesn't think that I'm a bastard. Uh, lick my love pump. Uh, AMC theatres aren't as widespread as Regal. No, absolutely. They, and there they, is they a are. lot of. I mean, they, they're, they're the number one theatre chain in the world. Yeah. They're the highest. They, I mean, as far as not gross, but from lo- from a location. They don't. I'm telling you, though, they don't have as nice of theatres. Mm. I, I mean, I went to the, the Regal last night and Simi Valley of all places. And it's like. That theater is so nice compared to most AMCs. Like that, it puts most of the theaters in at AMC Century City to shame. Really? I'll tell you why I think that is. Is a part of that is because a lot of these cinemas, these movie theaters in these areas, are not attended as much as places like Century City, so they have less wear and tear. Yeah, because I mean they had all the every single theater has the recliner seats. In yeah, that yeah, one. every single one. My mom went in. She hasn't been to a movie theater since the last Rambo movie. Really? <laughs> the last Rambo movie. She went in there. She's like, "What is this?" She's like, "Wait, you pick your seats now?" And she saw that, like, she saw these seats. She's like, "Oh, you don't have those crappy rocking back and forth seats." I'm like, "Nope, it's all nice now." Oh my god, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. We will get to Rambo later on. <laughs> a couple more points on this before we move on to the next subject. Uh, Anthony Fortuna, Movie Pass was unlimited, and I saw Star Wars three times until they changed it. Uh, sorry, Anthony. Uh, J- uh, Joe Buckton, uh, that's basically what the Cineworld card here in the UK is. Mm. See as many films in a month as you want. Once you've seen two, you've saved money on two single tickets. And Absolutely, you, And Joe. you know who Cineworld owns? Regal. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Joe, by the way, is a new uh, viewer, uh, listener to the show. I discovered the podcast quite recently uh, and uh, decided to come back. 
There you go. So, Thanks uh, for that, Joe. Thanks. I mean, I'm really pleased that your standards are so low, Joe. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Jack Dennis, uh, you pay for the big screen and the communal experience at Jody. You do, Jack, but sometimes that communal experience... It's not so great. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the uh, the next story this week. Uh, inconceivably, inconceivably, uh, they're threatening to remake The Princess Bride. Okay, we're going to get to this story in just a second, but one thing that really annoyed me about this story this week was everybody referring to The Princess Bride as Norman Lear's Princess Bride. Because Norman Lear had done an interview with, I think it was Variety, and it was mentioned, The Princess Bride, and the possibility of it being remade. And he was he was basically a backer for the movie. He got an exec producer credit. But it is not no. Norman Lear's. Nobody ever thinks that it's a Norman Lear no. movie. The people involved in the movie did not consider this to be a Norman Lear movie. No. It is not Norman Lear's no. The Princess no. Bride. No. Now we're past that. So, The Princess Bride, the remake. I mean, <clears throat> there is going to be a Broadway show. We know that that is already something that is in the works. Um, there has been talk about sequels and spin-offs over the years. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not against remakes per se, but there are some movies that just capture lightning in a bottle that you cannot replicate it's just the stars aligning. And I think The Princess Bride is a really good example of that. Uh, Scott, first of all, on this. I, I also just go back to, the, to, the, to my argument that I make from time to time. And it, it's, it's a recipe of the time. It's, it's a film of the time period yep. in which it was based. And I not feel a hit like, yeah, as well, by no, the way. No, it was not a hit. And I, and I think very much like a Back to the Future, this is something that needs to be left untouched. Yeah. I mean, Dimitri, your thoughts on this? <clears throat> it, I, again, it's why that? I mean, there are so many movies that you can remake that people barely know, mm. sort of know, that you can remake. Oh, not not something like Princess Bride. It, there's just no need. There really isn't. When you when you hit perfection, yeah, there's no. You can't. You're not going to make it better. And yeah. you, it's only a downside at this point. You, I mean, why? There's just no. Like you said, lightning in a bottle. Mm. The movie was lightning in a bottle for so many reasons. It was casting, number yep. one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you took, like, a Carriolas at the time. Nobody really knew Robin Wright. Yeah. Made a star out of her. Fred Savage. I know he had the show, but, you know, Peter Falk. And then you had then you had Rob Reiner directing. You had uh, Christopher Guest. You had such an amazing cast. Mm. Andre the Giant. Billy Crystal. You're not going to get that cadre you're yeah. not going to get that gravitas, so to speak, in here now. It's the casting, and also, it is, I mean, the script is amazing. And I think even if you had pretty much the same script, you wouldn't get the people to deliver that script in the same way. No. That no. would have the same impact. It was interpretation of the text. It was just the, the, the whole, I mean, as you mentioned, the timing. You cannot replicate elements of that no. in, in another environment. And no. it'd be even as good without it seeming like a copy. Yeah. Which it, to, to, to that point is like, well, why would you do that? Why, why would you it? replicate something that you already have a great version of? I just right. don't quite understand that. It's like that. trying to remake E.T. It just doesn't <clears throat> make any sense. Yeah. You know, like it's like not only is it is it a film that was like a remarkable feat of its time, but it's like the the way that it was crafted and put together with, like you were saying, the script and the cast. Yeah. 
there's just nothing you can do to make it better. No. no so I, why bother? I feel yeah. the same way. It's it's just like trying to remake Psycho. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Actually, in Gus Van Sant's uh, support, yeah. I actually do not hate the shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho. I think that gets a, an, an unfair amount of shit. But, no. I mean, I love Psycho. But it's it's the it, same it fucking exi- movie. It exists. It's the same it movie. Exists, yeah. It's exactly the yeah. same. Uh, so if you like the first one, it's kind and, of difficult to it, not like the second forget, one. And don't forget, when we talk about Princess Bride era, that like you know mm. of, of the time, that too was the VHS boon. Yep. Was, was really beginning. So yep. a lot of people found that on home entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's how it became so big and so beloved around the world. Mm. We don't have that now. But again, there's just no need. To redo this, just find a B movie yeah. that people don't really know about that you can redo and get them on board, and but, maybe they'll see the original. But for B-movie. some people, that is the Princess Bride. Yeah. For some people, I mean, yeah. I remember seeing that movie theater uh, in a movie theater in the UK, and I was literally one of like three people mm-hmm. in that movie theater an yeah. opening week. And I knew nothing about the movie. It had a small ad in the local paper. And I... Oh, God, I miss those days. And I went to see it. And I discovered this movie. And it is the movie that I buy for other people more than any other movie. When I'm... They go, like, buy me a movie that I won't have seen. And it's always The Princess Bride. And every single time, they're like, how did I not know about this movie? It's awesome. And I'm like, I know. It's incredible. And and one thing I do have to also point out about Princess Bride is that unlike a lot of movies of a particular decade, Mm. Princess Bride holds up now. Very, very well. There is a lot of movies, and maybe we'll discuss it later, that you can go back and watch now that are of a particular decade that you watch and you're like, whoa. Yeah. People actually thought this was good. Yep. Even some really popular movies, mm-hmm. which I'll talk about later. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Rambo. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to get to Sylvester Stallone in a moment. I want to get to the to the chat on this. A lot of people with thoughts on uh, The Princess Bride. Uh, can studio remake movies that weren't good and then remake it to make it better yeah. than the original movie? I think that's really where a lot of studios should concentrate. Uh, Yash saying, I don't mind a remake because I will have the original. No, absolutely. We still have the original movie. We never... It's not a replacement. It doesn't go away. Uh, but also, I think as audiences, we should really demand better yes. movies rather than Absolutely. crap taking up screens that original content could actually be placed on. Xeno uh, Hour, Simon, first removing Spider-Man from the MCU, now floating out the idea of a Princess Bride remake. Is Sony trying to become the most hated movie studio in the world? Uh, I don't think they're doing that deliberately. No, but I, I just think, so. think they're looking for something that might make them some money. Uh, Jody, <laughs> Simon, uh, do you think studios want to remake movies because they think the younger audience will see it if the actors are people they know rather than actors that they're not familiar uh, with? Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, a lot of people discover movies that... Um, there are very few movie stars these days. Oh, yeah. There are very few movies that are driven by who is in them over the story or the look. Mm-hmm. I think we are more about optics. I think we're more about narrative than we have ever been, which to me it makes me wonder more why we're doing remakes. Right. Yes. Because we've seen those before. Right. And 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 to that point too though <clears throat> is that you can show a younger person mm. the original Princess Bride 
Yeah. They're still going to enjoy it, even if they don't know who the actors are. 100%. Right. 100%. Right. Every, like, all my nephews and, and all my, you know, sort of god kids, uh, I always give them Princess Bride, and they have no idea yeah. who any of these people nope. are. And they still love it. They couldn't give a shit about Andre the Giant. But no. Literally couldn't care less. But they love the but story. But they love the story, and yep. they love him in it. Yeah. Uh, let's look at a Lick My Love Pump. Uh, I would get why they would remake Howard the Duck, because it sucks. <gasps> Take that back, Lick My Love Pump. Uh, but leave masterpieces alone. Absolutely. To some of us, Howard the Duck is a masterpiece uh, Sky Palace and Princess Bride remake lol uh, laughable even if they had Kenneth Branagh directing with Martin McDonough no. and Judd Apatow scripting starring Timothy Chalamet and Jesse Ronan it still wouldn't work yeah you just cannot capture that lightning in a bottle no. okay we touched on this already uh, let's move on to the next story El Sylvester Stallone uh, wants to make, of course he does, wants to make Tango and Cash 2. Uh, but Kurt Russell has doubts. Uh, Kurt <laughs> is not alone in that. Um, I love Tango and Cash. I remember seeing that movie in movie theatres and having an amazing time. It is not a buddy movie that has aged well. No, it no. has not. But it's still excellent. It was, I love it. I saw it on cable yesterday. Oh, wow. It's... It is what it is. It's great. You know? It's I a mean, great movie. It, it, it is what it is, but I also heard he wants to do Cobra 2. Yeah. Well, Cobra he's doing that as a, as a uh, TV series. That would be a TV that series be that he's going to do with Robert Rodriguez. That would, so, be, that would be... Actually, fun. Nikki Novak of uh, LAOCS asked that question. Oh, really? Yep, she was the one who got that out, out of everybody. Um, you know, <laughs> you were talking about movie stars. Mm. And, again, I, I'm only bringing up my mom on this because of the fact that she is someone who has always supported me being part of this industry but has not been a huge fan of everything has come out of the industry in the last five to ten years. Sure. But she is someone who grew up with movie stars. Mm -hmm. And she will go see any movie that Sylvester Stallone has made. Mm -hmm. And that is why we went to see Rambo last night. And to to this point is people like Sylvester Stallone still have a very loyal following. Yeah. And people go see them. Now, granted, it is usually people in the theater who are like 40, 50 and above, mm -hmm. but still, that's a big chunk of the audience. And ones that go really are overlooked nowadays, I feel. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that, that, that part of the audience is, 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 is you, you stay the age range, is kind of dying out. Yes. You know, there aren't that many, and there aren't that many that are regular moviegoers. Right. And also, I think audiences now are more fickle about their stars. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can be in favor one February, and by the next February, people are like, you're so passe. It's like 12 months. I was having this conversation last night. I was at the, um, the Judy premiere at the Academy, and we were talking about the longevity of movies and the longevity of movie stars and how you could have a couple of movies like Renee Zellweger and Judy. You can have a couple of movies that don't do well and Hollywood puts you out to pasture, huh? but you can have two or three over two years that do pretty well and that will sustain you for five years. And it's really, it's, it's audiences are the same. They get a lot more fickle, a lot more selective about what they will, especially with the price of theatre tickets, right. put their hands in their pockets and buy a ticket for. I agree, but February to February, you're giving it too much credit. It's February to March. <laughs> I mean, it it, it, it really... Yeah. And then Hollywood, nowadays more, 
they they we talked about we've talked about this here. They burn them out. Yep. Like Tiffany Haddish is in every single movie, and, yep. and Jennifer Lawrence is in. And every if you single don't movie. like these people and they're in yeah. movies all the time, you are less inclined to, to go to the movie theaters. Absolutely. I mean, my mother is in her seventies, and whenever she goes to the movie theaters, uh, it's it's very infrequently. It takes a lot to get my mother to go to the oh, movie theater, yeah. and even then, she's kind of not that bothered. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this audience that the, the, the industry has relied on is so less inclined, favorite actor or not, to actually fork out right. $17 a year to go and see a movie than other people. Yeah. But that's why there are, that's why movie stars to that credit are, are so important. Because, mm. like, you know, everyone was shocked that Book Club made so much money. But that was a movie that was made towards a specific demographic. I still that, like that movie. That most people don't actually, you know, we don't get movies for anymore. Yeah, yeah but Palms filmed Yeah, but Palms palm filmed miserably because it looked like a knockoff and it wasn't marketed properly. properly. Yeah, nobody knew that movie was coming yeah, out. Yeah, and it didn't have a good, it didn't have as good of a cast either. Mm. You know, I, I mean, it's, it, I mean, you, again, this is also the problem with Hollywood, right? Like, you have an idea and it works. And then what happens is everyone kind of wants to come out with a copycat and say, oh, we can do this too. And it's like, no. You know, like, how many movies do you think now that Hustlers has become this big are people going to try to make something like Hustlers and they're not going to do as well? They're going to remake Showgirls. Well, we had this this spate at the end of the 90s and early 2000s where it was like old guy movies. Right, right, right. Old guy movies. Get old guys doing young guy shit. Right, right. Just do it. Whether it's space... Whether it's riding uh, motorcycles, <laughs> whether it's going on a road trip, whether it's getting proctology exams, <laughs> whatever it is, yep. it's like it was old guy movies. Yes, and then it was old lady movies. Yes, yep. get old ladies in stuff, um, and it's it's kind of really I don't know why this cycle. Who's paying these people who go to the movie theater and go? Saw a great movie about strippers. <laughs> we should do some movies about strippers. Great. You're now the EVP of a studio. <laughs> How the fuck did that happen? Anyway, there you go. Uh, Zeno Arrow, Simon, uh, did you see uh, David Morrell, the creator of Rambo, slammed Last Blood and said that he was embarrassed to have his name attached to it? Um, getting back to Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, I did not see that. I didn't see that. Did you? No. I didn't, no, I didn't hear about it. I did no. not see that. Um, I mean, to be honest with you... <sighs> I'm quite surprised they made another Rambo movie because I wasn't a fan of Rambo. I really thought that was a, a weak link in the chain of the franchise. Uh, not that Rambo 3 was exactly a great movie. Um, but going back and watching it now, it's, it's, it's very funny. Um, no, I mean, I, when, you, when you create a series like this, when you create a franchise, your name, you basically you sign up to have your name attached to it so that you can have rights, get residuals, get some sort of money from it. It was his book, I mean, First Blood. Yes, yeah. and that's kind of what, that's the deal that right. you do, but you don't necessarily, unless your deal involves this, maintain any control over it. Right. So... I'm not entirely surprised that he's not particularly happy with what they're doing with Rambo, but he also he signed, he signed that up. away. Yeah, yeah, he gets a check for it. So yeah, he's he'll still take the money. Sure. I'm sure when the yeah. check turns up. Absolutely. You know, USPS doing yeah. their job. <laughs> not always on time, but always 
always delivering? Question mark. Should be the slogan. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't see that story. But I'm not entirely surprised that it, obviously what Rambo is now is very different to what Rambo started out oh, as. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. very and then different. As as you know, as a book. Too spoiler alert if you haven't read the book, but Rambo dies. You've only had thirty odd years. Yeah, well, he dies at the end, and they actually filmed the original First Blood Mm -hmm. with him dying at the end, and they changed it, rightfully so. And I'm sure they're very happy about that decision. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. So, um, and you know, and I, I didn't mind the last Rambo movie the one that came out in 2008 I thought it was better than expected you know Stallone definitely is a star Mm. he projects himself as one too like you know I've when when it was Expendables or it could have even been Rambo I mean he knows when he's with fans you know we had exhibitors do meet and greets with him and he you know he does this pose he wears the sunglasses Everybody comes up to him. It's like, come up, picture, next person, please. Yeah. He, and you, you got to give it to him. I mean, he's been doing this for so long. Mm. He kind of knows what he's doing. And, you know. And he he's had a stronger it. career than, say, someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger in a yeah. weird way. It's funny. Because, like, he's had, Schwarzenegger has tried to make so many, like, remakes or reboots of his movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Terminator franchise, which which was, like, the biggest ones, and those those have been, like, such failures. Yep. I'm still worried about this new one doing well. Um but like Stallone has had yes his share his fair share of hit and misses. Yep. But he's been able to overcome it a lot better than Van Damme, Seagal. Yeah, yeah and, and I had this Snipes. conversation. Look, look at the the big three were Stallone, yep. Willis, yep. and Schwarzenegger. Yep. Those are the big three in the in the yeah. mid eighties, late eighties, and you know. Schwarzenegger took a different path. I can kind of forgive him because he got into politics. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that took him out of movies for an extraordinarily long time. It's hard to kind of get back in. Where Stallone never gave up on movies. Neither did Willis, but Willis kind of took a different track. My friend and I were talking. What was the last like balls to the wall action movie that Willis did? And I, I, all I can think about was the last Die Hard movie. That horrible, uh, horrible uh, Death Wish. Yeah, that horrible. Oh, movie. Death. Oh, that was, oh, that was, that was so bad. bad. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. The right will find you. Yeah. Don't say but, that. But, but they didn't stay. Like, Stallone, even in the 90s, you know, he tried his hand at comedy. Yeah. Stop my mom will shoot. Oscar. Yeah. So didn't Schwarzenegger. But he did it to success. Yeah. Willis, to an extent, success. Stallone knew where his bread and butter is in Rocky Rambo. And that's what I'm Oscar do. was oh, another one. But no, interesting <laughs> fact about Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is now older than Estelle Getty was in Stop <laughs> or My Mum Will Shoot. That's a great... Wow. Apparently. Oh, boy. Howdy. I read that yesterday. <laughs> which uh, made me want to turn to dust. Yes. Because yes. I saw that movie in theaters. Boy, Yeah. yeah. Wow. So didn't I. Me too. So, was... She's dead now. Uh, so yeah, so let's talk about uh, a little bit more in, in the chat on on uh, on Sylvester Stallone. Uh, lick my love pump. Sly is shaking the rear end that God gave him. God bless him. Uh, Jack Dennis. After Creed came out to great reviews and box office, it was all but guaranteed that Stallone's old franchises would be revived. Xenomar. Uh, uh, my first Rambo movie was Rambo Three. Then oh. I saw Rambo Two shortly afterwards, so I was surprised. Uh, yes, it's a very different uh, movie. Rambo Three was uh, quite a different animal. Um, 
and a lot of people are saying yeah, they have nothing on Rambo. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I am still a big fan of, of the Rambo franchise, and I will catch this movie at the weekend. Um, but it is not what Rambo started out no, as. No. And the whole, don't push me, thing that was kind of around for the first two movies mm. has been lost a long time ago yes. and this is a very different character so it feels less like Rambo it just feels like Sylvester Stallone in an action movie to me but we'll see what happens but it's all about the Benjamins uh, other news this week Funko movie uh, is coming from Warner Brothers Animation uh, landing Pixar and Disney filmmakers uh, Funko is the new Lego you know I was hoping after the second Lego movie didn't do well that we would be done with these for a while yeah no, turns out not. not. I guess not. Turns out not. Um, I'm actually quite surprised. As much as I do love what Funko do as a company, I really appreciate the, the graphic design of the characters they create. It seems to be a never-ending line of characters, but that's fine. Um, I'm just kind of <laughs> wondering what they're going to do unless they have new characters they create for the movie. Otherwise, they're using... IPs from other movies same to create a narrative which is exactly the same as the Lego movie which people are already over. Yeah. Warner Brothers seems so desperate in their animation studios to actually come they up do. with something. Yeah. I mean, it, it really... You know, they... That first it, Lego movie was was really great and really creative and really different, and then they just freaking beat it to death mm. with like three movies in a span of like what two years. Right. And I was just so sick and tired of it. By the time that second one came out, the Lego Movie Two it wasn't a great movie. I no. caught it on a plane recently. It was not a great movie. No, and 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 you know the response was not that strong for it. And like you said, Simon, this is just there's no original story to be have with, mm. with Funko. You know, there was a documentary that came out that didn't even do anything. Yeah. A couple years ago, I remember seeing it, and, like, that went nowhere. Yeah. I, I, I don't why? why? Again, like, I, I somewhat understand the popularity of Funko, and it has grown within the past <sighs> five years. Mm. But I remember when they started showing up at Disney, and they were, I mean, people just started collecting them like crazy. I... There was just one more thing I just couldn't get into, mm. collecting-wise, to give Disney more of my money. I, I buy select ones, but ultimately, though, I look at Funko and I'm like, I, I still ask myself, why? Well, like, you I know, just don't you know get how it. they started, right? They started out with the bobbleheads, right? Mm. And then they went into the Funko Pops, yeah. Which I think was interesting because they started out with like classic. I watched this documentary; I thought it was fascinating. They started out with like serial characters. Yep. And then it, like, transitioned into, I think, like, one of them was a fan of maybe the Joker or Harley Quinn or something like that. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, what happens if we manipulate the shape and do it as popular culture? And then just they, they made a, a small series and then yeah. they sold out everywhere. And then it just became this huge corporate conglomerate. I mean, it's amazing. I, I own a small uh, number of, of Funko Pops. But I own them because they Studios. are... Well, they're, they're yeah. Thanks to those, um, <laughs> give them at all the junkets. Um, but no, ju just for like the holidays. So like, yeah. I have like three for Halloween. I have a handful for for Christmas, um, and I have a few others for sort of other times of the year. But that's kind of it. They're yeah. they're ornamental for me. But I do know people, certainly within our film community, who buy them, have them in the boxes, and stick them on a shelf. Yep. 
But I still don't see that as a movie. I've never looked at a display of Funko Pops and gone, I wish those could come to life. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Because they've already been to life in a movie. And, oh, they also oh, don't, and they also don't look that different. No, like, they're yeah. all the same. They all look That's the same. why I look at like, them. It's like go... the face moves a little bit. Maybe, Maybe. there's like a like, little bit of artwork on the face or something. Yeah. I just look at them and again, I say, why? <laughs> Although Xenor brings up a good point. Uh, he goes, Simon... What are we getting? Meet the movie press Funko toys. Hey, anybody wants to make a Funko toy out of me? God bless you. You can uh, you can ahead. actually you can actually get some of the Funko. I mean, I think it's like not the official ones, but you can get your favorite individuals or yourself made into these mm-hmm. kind of Funko Pop type things. But uh, trust me, you. Don't want me on a shelf. Funko movie. Uh, let's talk about the Jurassic World. Uh, this week, the short film Battle at Big Rock uh, hit uh, the internet. Uh, it's an eight-minute short uh, <laughs> where dinosaurs uh, hit uh, the mainland US, uh, kind of picking up from where uh, Jurassic, uh, Jurassic World, World Last Kingdom, <laughs> Lost Kingdom, uh, sort of ended up. Um, you guys saw this this I week? I did not actually watch it. Okay, Dimitri did. did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It always... Um, it was it was a pleasant surprise to see Colin Trevorrow directed it. Yep, uh, he came back and it literally picks up. I've, it's very shortly after yep. the events in Last Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So um, it makes sense. It's within that canon now, and you we kind of have an idea where the next mm. Jurassic World movie is going to focus on but I, I it was a lot of fun for for eight minutes it did a really good job I'll be honest with you I enjoyed the short but it's actually while the credits are playing that I think some of the most the, the best stuff in the short mm-hmm. is where they kind of have little snapshots yes. from home videos and kind of uh, news footage and stuff like that that to me was like oh yeah this is the good stuff yeah. that's what I really liked yeah. so I would I mean even though I enjoyed uh, Battle of Big Rock and it's available free by the way on YouTube sure. so you can check it out um, and it, I think it's being shown on a handful of screens is it? this oh, weekend okay. I know yeah, Colin's yeah. doing some screenings here in LA nice. um, sort of he wants it to be seen on the big screen um, but yeah I mean I, you know it did get me excited I'm a big fan of the Jurassic World franchise. Yeah. Um, I actually had a really nice chat with uh, Frank Marshall uh, this week, nice. uh, which is great. So that's going to be going up on Forbes, and we talk about uh, Jurassic World and the extension of the brand and things they're planning to do with that. It makes um, me think more Jeff Goldblum because, like, he's the one that said at the well, end this, of, of last this last one, this next Jurassic World, I think is going to blow everyone's motherfucking minds. Yeah, I really do because I think. They're going to go all out for this movie. I, I think they're going to get most of the people back from the original movies. Yeah. And they're going to do something really kick-ass with the ending. I, I, I don't know. I have... I don't... I probably shouldn't have this high a faith in the movie, but I do. I think that's one of the reasons that Colin took a step back from the he, second one, was yeah. to make sure the third one was like... We're either going to go out with a bang or we're going to launch another series. And I think we're going to probably get the latter. Um, a lot of people uh, in the chat asking, uh, Scott, how was Tiff? Uh, very briefly, how was Tiff? Tiff was um, a mixed bag. I, yeah. I would say that um, a lot of movies that I had very high expectations for mm-hmm. did not live up to those high expectations. Uh, movies that I had middle-of-the-road expectations somehow rose above those movies. Interesting. That, which was very bizarre. And then there was just the usual, like, watch it once and forget about it. Fine. Yeah. 
It's it's it basically makes award season that much more complicated this year. Yeah. Because I I don't think there's been a lot of movies that came came out that I would say yeah that's a clear clear winner for this. Yeah. Real. Um. I, I mean the only ones that I think right now are locks is I think that. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker is going to be a lock for mm-hmm. for one of the five spots for Best Actor, and um, Parasite is going to be a lock for foreign film. Interesting. That's really like the only one, and, and of course, like you said, Renee, or Renee for, show, for Judy, Judy, yeah, yeah ScarJo. I, I think I think Jojo Rabbit will get one of the ten to twelve to twenty slots oh, in this yeah. picture. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. Uh, okay. well, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> We're going to find out very soon. Uh, let's talk about another story before we go into the reviews. Uh, new Halloween sequels are going to bring back all the characters whose lives were affected by the original movie, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dimitri, you're a resident <laughs> uh, Halloween fan. Uh, your thoughts on this? I, I, such a great idea. I mean, the comic books, the comic series mm. did it. Um, I just feel bad for the little boy who plays Tommy because they got the original actress um, who played um, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. I get Lindsay Wallace to come back, but they 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 somehow skipped over the original boy, and they I forget who they just hired for casting to play Tommy to to, to play Tommy Doyle. Um, but I th- it's such a great idea because we don't know what how it affected them. Yeah. The years. One clever thing about the Halloween 2018, there was a line of dialogue that said, you know, when the kids were walking in the sidewalk and and, and, and the, the, the boy said, you know, he goes, I don't get it. He goes, kids are being killed left and right. You know, we have all these shootings. He goes, Michael Myers killed a couple of kids and she got away. Like, what's the big deal? Mm. I think it was great and how they showed Laurie Strode. Now it's going to be very interesting to see how it affected these little kids and what their approach to it like what what became of their lives and I think it's going to be very interesting that Michael Myers is going to come back and see these you know people from the original 70s so start start the story in the next movie and continue it in the one after Mm -hmm. or work them one by one do you think I would since you let the cat out of the bag I would say they should be in the next movie and whoever makes it to the end of that movie Mm -hmm. Is, you know, we're gets see to the third one. Gets to the third one. Kind of like song. a bloody relay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, great a really exactly. deadly relay race. Yeah, but I'm very excited. I mean, I think it's a great idea to go back to that well. Because yeah. they never really were approached outside of the one that had Paul Rudd who picked up that character. That's correct. And, and Curse of Michael Myers in that movie is just awful. But... I've actually got a soft spot for that movie. Oh. I know it's terrible, but I do have a soft spot for that. I, I will say the producer's cut is a little bit better, but when you're But that's not that saying you want to be punched in the dick or the face. That's true. You know, it's one of the two. And that's a face. That is true. <laughs> uh, Scott, your thoughts on this, um, bringing back uh, all the characters whose lives were affected by the original movie. You know, I've always been a, a big supporter of showing the aftermath of an event. You know, mm. I think it was, we were talking on Anatomy of a Movie, um, when I did the 47 Meters uh, 2 
um, show with him mm. that I would have loved to see the the effects that mm. this movie had on the characters that survived. And I think it's great to kind of see that in a franchise like this that is so beloved. Yeah. Um, that being said, I also want this movie to focus more on the daughter character that was introduced in mm-hmm. the last Halloween movie because yeah. I felt like it was almost like the patch, uh, the passing of a torch, mm-hmm. and I would love to see more of that explored. And think about that too, because the daughter lost her dad, mm. right? He was murdered by Michael Myers. They now understand. I think they 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 that family has a better understanding of Laurie Strode. Yeah, right. So. That is that to me. That dynamic, what what they did with that first movie was a really good dynamic. The doctor they could have gotten rid of, but now that you're adding in these other characters, the original kids that she babysat mm. for, that's that that's interesting. To not pick that up would be make oh, it completely yeah. redundant in the first movie. It would a- be absolutely. like nothing more than a MacGuffin, uh, yes. which would be a real waste. Absolutely. Which would be a real waste. Uh, okay, true. some people in the chat. Um, uh, how would a Jurassic Park movie uh, be with less humans? Uh, just a fucking dinosaur movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? That's just dinosaurs doing dinosaur shit. Right. Yeah, no, we need that. Uh, yeah, uh, Yash, uh, mostly from fans. Uh, Yash is referring to a lot of people uh, don't want. To, okay, let me just scroll back up so I can get that uh, comment. Uh, talking about the humanization, uh, Eon zero zero one. A lot of people don't want to humanize the Joker, but they don't mind seeing Hitler as a playful imaginary friend. Uh, I mean, that is an interesting topic. Yes. I mean, you it's satire, and I think humanizing are very different. Yes. Because Jojo Rabbit is not making Hitler a sympathetic figure or someone to be reviled. It's not um, using Hitler as an empathic or a counter-empathy figure. Whereas, obviously, with the Joker, you are meant to have someone who is a damaged, dark person. It's a very different take on a character. So it's kind of looking at a character in two very different ways. Um, so I, I get what you're saying here, but I think it's it's really different. And then uh, and then Yash is kind of saying, yeah, honestly, it makes no sense. Critics are such hypocrites. I, 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 I don't think it's hypocrisy on the part of critics because critics are just people who have an opinion like anybody else. Yeah. Um, but Scott, you obviously have a take on this. Uh, I mean, I, I you you've seen both. You movies. didn't see both, right? I didn't see Joker. Okay. So, all right. So I seen both movies. Right. And I was not blown away by Jojo Rabbit whatsoever. Okay. Because as much as I appreciate the heart and the uh, anti-hate message of the movie, I feel like for someone of his talent, uh, Taika, right? Yeah. Taika does not take enough bold choices with this film. It feels very conventional. It feels very, like, soft and very much for, like, the masses. And it it just just does not take enough risk. And when I watch this movie and I see this this version of Hitler, I feel like with all the memes and all the jokes that we've seen about Hitler over the years, this is not a fresh take. This is the Looney Tunes, the Saturday Night Saturday Night Live version of of Hitler. So kind of like the the Charlie Chaplin in The Dictator. Right, right. Something that you've already seen before and there's nothing really fresh or new about it. Mm. Therefore, it's not really risky or bold. Right. So that being said, I don't think that this movie at all tries to sympathize with Hitler. So I will say that as much as I, you know, I'm not like selling this movie in any way. I 
it definitely doesn't try to make him a human. Mm. It, it makes him a mockery, although just a generic version of a mockery that you would see that you've seen a dozen times before. Therefore, with the Joker, which I think a lot of people are like jumping on this fucking bandwagon with this movie without even seeing it, it's pissing me off about it, is that this movie is such a different take on the Joker character mm. that shows how we as a society, when someone has a mental disability, turn a blind eye. There are so many scenes in this movie where he's trying to be a nice person, mm. where he's on a bus and he's trying to f talk to a kid, and the person turns around, what are you talking to my kid for? He goes into a therapy office, and the he's talking about how he's not happy, how his feelings are, are there. And all she's saying is, hey, you want some more pills? You want some more pills? Mm. And he goes, you're not even listening to me. There, I, I don't know if this is a spore or not, but what, what, what <laughs> basically kind of happens to... Um, spark without I won't spoil it what sparks the whole act of violence mm -hmm. is basically because of some other person's negligence mm -hmm. they gave this person something that allowed for his violent streak to occur so I think this is a very deep dive, and it says a lot about society. And I know a lot of people don't like to talk about that because it ties into the way we treat people. Yeah. Not only in in humanity and real life, but also on social media. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to take away from this movie. It is not a happy film, and it has very much remnants of King of Comedy, Network, and uh, which what was the other one I said? Taxi Driver. Yeah. It's it's a very dark and angry film. Don't get me wrong. It's very but it's very dense, and it was so. So um, engaging and so deep that I actually had to go back. The I went to the public screen the next day and I saw it twice because yeah. I, I just wanted to suck it all in before I wrote my review. I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be honest Same with now. you. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of the films that I originally uh, this year was like. I don't know if we need this movie. Yeah. I don't know what the point of this movie is, but I think it's. Um, it's certainly something that now intrigues me, and I think it's sparking some really important debate. Yeah. Um, but that's a really interesting point. Thank you uh, for the comment in the chat, and thank you, Scott, for picking up no on problem. that and giving your viewpoint on it. Okay, let's take a, let's take a look at box office uh, before we talk about the reviews for this week. Uh, Downton Abbey um, grossed oh, gross, uh, $2.1 million <laughs> uh, from Thursday previews. Uh, $2.1 of uh, old ladies. And here you go, talking about the demographic again. Who probably wants to see that movie? Yeah. Not the, not uh, the Joker. Not the 20-something. No, not the Joker. Not the Joker you know, fans. Not the 20-somethings either. You know, I, well, maybe not, but I, I think a lot of people underestimate the fandom of Downton Abbey. I really do. Mm. I, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. That show worldwide had, yes, it, 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 I kind of, it's, it's almost like the Sex in the City right. of today. You but had good. a lot of women. Right. Well, and you had a lot of women... But a lot of people are kind of, they don't yet understand what its fandom is. And I knew that my wife loved it, and I loved the show. I never never watched an episode, to be honest with you, but it gave my wife pleasure and solace and entertainment mm. for during recovery stuff. So she binged it. She loved it. After watching it, I understood why. But... It is a broad appeal. A majority of women, but there's a ton of men, too. Yeah, yeah. a lot really, of guys. A lot, a of, lot guys of guys like Downton Abbey. Like this, this serial. There's something comforting, I think, about films like Downton Abbey that people really enjoy. Yes. Um, right. You know, and I, I, I think... Uh, Jody's saying, hey, I'm not old. <laughs> I love Downton Abbey. Newsflash, Jody. 
think you might be old. Oh, oh no. I'm kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I'm actually going to go and see it tomorrow, uh, which is which is great. Um, but the thing is that I'll be able to race everybody to their chairs. <laughs> hey, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They'll forget the movie Don't once they've seen it. I'm just kidding. Step over the oxygen step tanks. Step over the, the oxygen way. tanks. Oh, oh, my God. They won't have their phones out, but you can hear oh, the no. death rattles a mile off. I'm kidding. Oh, boy. I'm just Jokes. kidding. Just Jokes. kidding. Jokes. Seriously. Jokes. Yeah. Not really kidding. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it looks like Downton Abbey's going to do uh, 22 million this weekend. Uh, who knew that Downton Abbey was going to come out on top over Rambo Last Blood? I, uh, I did. You I predicted had two this, didn't you? conversations this week, and... I said, Downton Abbey is going to do really well. And they go, what? Yeah. And because of that fandom, and because the movie's good, and because, uh, I'll just give a quick review. As a person who's never seen an episode, yeah, I didn't think I was going to like it. They, they wrote it like a movie. So you're introduced to the characters. You know their function within 10 minutes. Whether you've seen the show or not, yeah. you get it. And they introduce the plot almost immediately. People are going to be down for and Downton. Boom. Yeah, I think uh, so. Rambo Last Blood is looking at 2 million, so it's going to be pretty close between uh, Butlers and Bloodlust. Uh, <laughs> it's Chapter 2 in third place, 19 million. Oh, I don't know who's going to see that movie. I don't know. Fuck's sake. Uh, Ad Astra, uh, 19 million, going to be in fourth place by the looks of it. Uh, Hustlers <laughs> is going to come up from behind. Six, six or seventh for well, Ad Astra. We will see. We will see. And Hustlers uh, going to be 17.6 million in fifth place. Uh, just uh, just coming on top of the uh, of good boys at 2.5 in sixth place uh yeah so let's talk about let's talk about ad astra first of all um i mean all those figures by the way are from box office mojo.com so they're not cast in stone by any by any uh, extent but they tend to be you know pretty on the money uh let's talk about ad astra it's a movie that i saw last week um uh, i really enjoyed the movie i think audiences are gonna hate it um, it's sold as an action space movie, and it is not an action space movie. It is a love story. It is a father-son story. It is very much like 2001. It plays almost Shakespearean in parts. I think audiences are going to walk out of that going, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> that is not the movie that I thought I was paying $17 to see. Uh, guys, your thoughts on this? Neither one of us. I, I have yet to see You it. have not I seen have it? I have not seen Ad Astra. It's, it's, I mean, I want to. I'll probably see it Sunday. Yeah, yeah I mean, I Catch It is in theatres. I mean, Brad Pitt's performance is amazing. Yeah. He is superb in this, and it is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen this year. But as a movie over, over as a whole, I think a lot of people are going to come out of that movie wondering why that was not the movie you, that they were sold in the trailers. How would you compare it to, like, say, Interstellar? Which kind of, too, had that... They I mean, marketed it one way. No, I mean, this is very different to, very to different Interstellar. This is very much more like a... Polaris 2001 than than an Interstellar and certainly not a The Martian. Um, There are some moments of action which are really nice coders in this movie and Mm. take you and there's some very intense excitement but this is real. I mean, this is a this is a an optics movie. It's a sound design movie. It's a performance movie. It's theatre. Is I mean I, I saw I think Pete Travers from Rolling Stone said it was um, exhilarating or enthralling or something that that gave the idea that this was a an exciting action kind of movie and I'm like, dude, I don't know what cut you saw, but this is a 
I know people that saw this. We went to, I went to a BAFTA screening, and there are many people who came out of that movie, and they did not like that no. movie. No. <laughs> um, the, it is not the movie that a lot of people are going in there expecting yeah. to see. But, you know, it's, an, it's a movie that I really enjoyed, and I think it should get awards recognition this season. Uh, I just don't think audiences are going to like what they get. Because I think they've been sold something else. I I'm think, actually looking forward to seeing it just based on what you said. But I think this is going to be another pure example of this disconnect that people have with critics. Because I think this movie is not made for the general public. This is cinema. Yeah. It's cinema. It's not the, a movie. Right. I agree. I, I didn't even see it, and I agree, because I've, I've seen the opinions and how diverse they are. Like yeah. They're very... They're very yeah. different, and it's it's so fascinating to kind of see all these different viewpoints on this because I I think this movie is going to have some real uh, a really big cult following, mm-hmm. but it's going to bomb horribly, and it's going to be another one where like Fox is going to like take the hit, yeah, just like they're going to take the hit with Lucy in the Sky, and. You know, and then it's just going to be more of a convincing platform for for Disney to say we don't want any, we don't want any more of these. It's, types a, it's of movies. a great piece of cinema, yeah. and if you like cinema, I yeah. strongly suggest you go and see this movie. Right. But I think Joan and Brian in Nantucket, <laughs> who get a babysitter for the kids to go and see a Brad Pitt movie, yeah, they're very highbrow in Nantucket. Yeah, but it's not going to be kind of what they're expecting. No. Uh, Okay, uh, also coming out this weekend, uh, Downton Abbey, we kind of covered, uh, Rambo Last Blood. Uh, let's talk about that. I didn't get to see that this week. I couldn't make it fit in my schedule. Uh, you guys have seen Rambo yeah. Last Blood. Uh, your thoughts on it? Um, it? It's set up very much, uh, I think I was telling Dimitri, like, it, it's a, a very three-act type Absolutely. of movie. Uh, first act <clears throat> is, is, is all story set up. Second act is kind of like the lead-in to what's going to happen in the the third act. Mm. And then the third act is just like a fucking awesome, bloody good time. I mean, really. It it just... It's balls to the wall. It's it's just... I mean, it makes... Someone said online that it makes uh, John Wick look like a a kid's movie (laughs) because of how violent and bloody it is. Yeah. It's like so over the top and ridiculous. But I will say, because I was thinking about it... You know, unlike the action movies like Dwayne Johnson or even uh, Bruce Willis, where there's like this outrageous thing where it's one man with a gun. The thing about John John Rambo is is, is that you, at least you know his training and you know his history. So mm. the way that he creates this whole world at the end of this movie, it's all because of his training. So it's not him just going up against all these people. He's actually setting military style traps to do so. That was one of my issues with the movie because something happens earlier in the movie, and I'm like. You fucking just walked into that. Like, what, what did you do? Like, I don't want to spoil <laughs> okay. anything. The movie, the movie is an hour and a half. It's an hour setup for the last half hour of the movie. Yes. Right. Rambo, to me, he does have. To me, Rambo did have glimpses of the past. Rambo. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I mean, so he, he did. I mean, he was still, he's still suffering, and he and but he's come to terms almost with his demons. Uh, and there's some really good dialogue between him and his niece, mm. which I thought I thought the relationship between him and his niece was was fantastic. It's it's Sicario, it's um, the Equalizer, and then it's Friday the Thirteenth, and mean, it's Taken and yeah. Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stallone alone, yeah, yeah, yeah. which brings us back to the top of the show. It's, it's, the movie's fun. It's only ninety minutes. Yeah, that that to me is a wonderful yes, saving yes. grace. But 
so wasn't Rambo First Blood Part 2 is only an hour and a half, and I like brevity. Uh, I'm still amazed that Stallone can get away with being believable. Mm. I mean, because he can put you down. And I believe if I was standing <laughs> next to him, I'd be intimidated still. Like, if he was Rambo, and when he lays out a punch, oh forget God, about yeah. it. Forget about the guns and the bows and arrows. Yeah. When he lays a punch on someone... I believe that that person's going down like a sack of potatoes. Uh, okay, I, I think so. Sack of potatoes officially agrees in the chat. Uh, Rugged English, fun show. See you all again. Uh, thank you, guys. Rugged English is a great example of why uh, you guys are the reason that this show happens every single week. Uh, lick my love pump. I can't wait to see Ed Astra. Uh, great to have Brad Pitt in the chat today. Thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, guys, uh, another great show. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, Dimitri, who are you? Where can we find you, please? Right here at Popcorn Talk Network with the movie press and also an ad of a movie uh, so yeah keep on the lookout thank you very much for Scott having Menzel. me sure you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M tune in to Film Critics Weekly at 11am today we will be talking about award season and it's the beginning of award season so a lot of talk about award season so stay tuned to that uh, you can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter thank you so much two movies also out this weekend three from hell Rob Zombie's new movie which is it's good uh, it's fine uh, Bloodline uh, it stars Sean Williams Scott uh, it's a Blumhouse movie uh, seriously you should check that shit out Sean Williams Scott nails that uh, as a guy who's completely insane very good movie check that one out this weekend thank you so much being part of the show. Really appreciate it. We will see you next week. Bye, all From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. <laughs>